everything happened the way it's supposed to. All I had to do was let go and let God and just let him guide me instead of trying to control my own destiny. Welcome back to the Starring Well on a Podcast. This is season three, episode one. Um, and I'm so fucking sorry. <laughs> we literally dropped off the face of the earth because, well, my hard drive crashed. So rewind. Before we get into that, good morning, good afternoon, whatever day or time you're listening this to, hopefully on a Monday because this is hashtag Milana Monday and this show comes out every single Monday. Welcome back. I'm so happy to be back. Um, For those of you who are watching on YouTube, this is a podcast, so there is an audio version to this. And for those of you who are listening on the podcast app, there is a video version to this. Um, Visit youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. Anyway, welcome back. I'm so sorry that last season ended so abruptly. Um, Life. Life shit. Life happened. My hard drive crashed. And people think that, like, you just save, I don't know, just files that you also have on your computer, on your hard drive for backup. Not the case for me. Um, both of my laptops have to happen to be full, like, with memory. So I saved all of my audio records, my templates to record, my audio, my iMovie um, all of my old episodes, I mean, everything just kind of like crashed right before we filmed, um, an episode in August and, and other shit happened. I moved, um, just a lot going on at once. So I decided abruptly to take, um, a hiatus, kind of my choice, but kind of not because I didn't have my hard drive or my shit. Okay. Um, but anyway, I took a, two months off. I'm back. I'm so happy to be back. Um, I promise I don't want to make any promises because you never know, but I will try not to take such a long hiatus again. Hopefully, you know, my breaks will be about a month or so um, from now on. All right. So for those of you who are first time listeners, welcome. Uh, There are three segments here on this podcast. The first one is called BTS, where we recap my past week. The second segment is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media and we try to offer a different perspective. And the third topic is called Dropping Gems, where we pick a topic of the week and we drop a few gems. So let's get into BTS. Um, I've been watching some TV lately. So because I've been moving, unpacking, cleaning out my closet, just like on a stressed out binge TV slash food kind of hiatus. So I was watching a lot of TV. The last time I did my podcast, I think I was finishing up Real Housewives of New York. I don't remember if I said this then, but I'm going to say this now. Those ladies deserve an Emmy. I mean, you can't fucking make this shit up. I just finished the last season I caught up, and as soon as I finished, it was revealed that Bethany Frankel will not be returning to the Housewives cast of New York, which is like, I don't know how to explain it. If you don't watch Housewives, you don't understand, but she is like, she is like the franchise to me anyway. So I am so sad. I wonder what they're going to do. It's just never going to be the same without her. Watch that. Then I watched The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills from the beginning Till up until this current season, I know like a bitch has a lot of time on her hands. I could have really been recording a podcast, but like, you know, I was just in a different part of my life. So I watched all of Beverly Hills. I'm totally caught up. Love Erica Jane, love Lisa Renna. And I started The Real Housewives of OC season five. It's really cringy to watch because it's the first one. So they didn't really know what the show was going to be yet, but that's where I'm at now. I'll keep you guys updated on my thoughts on... The OC. So I love the show Succession. I talked about this in my podcast earlier. I watched um, season two. If it's done, if you guys need some sort of TV to watch, I really recommend Succession. Um, me and Gino kind of watched it on a whim at one point because we were like, we ran out of things to watch. So we decided to watch Succession. I really pushed him for it. It was kind of rough getting through the first episode, but then we just became obsessed with it. And this season is incredible. I think they won an Emmy for Best Writing. Um... I'm really sad that the show's ending, but I did get to see one of the characters at my polo event that I do every year for my job. And uh, what's his name? The fuck is his name? Tom, Tom, Greg. I saw Greg. Um, Love Greg. Wish it would have been Tom. I think Tom is the best character on the show. 
I also watched Four Weddings and a Funeral that was created, co-created by Mindy Kaling. Great fucking show. It's a limited series, and I really hope that they somehow figure out how to come back for season two. It's hilarious. It's funny. It's kind of like a rom-com chick flick, but Gina watched it, so I think guys can watch it too. She's probably going to kill me for, for telling you guys that. But that's about all the TV that I've watched. Uh, I've also been reading. So I started off 2019 with a goal to read at least five books and it might not seem like a lot for many of you guys but I'm not really a reader I hadn't finished a book at that point like in years not even one just you know making excuses I don't have time to read um I don't know whatever which I really don't have time to read but I make time to read because I set this goal now I have to finish we are now on our fifth book of the year uh during my hiatus I read the Woman in the Window, and everyone in the book club loved this book. I'm obsessed with it. I'm more into like self-help books, like self-love and like growth, but I decided that I needed a break because the first three books were like really intense. So we picked The Woman in the Window. It's a fiction book, kind of like a thriller, and they're actually making it into a movie. It's supposed to come out next year with Amy Adams, and I can usually figure out what's going to happen. Like I can tell the endings to most movies, I don't really get like shocked, but this book really surprised me. I did not see the ending coming the way that I did. So I love the book. It's a super easy read. Um, it's addicting. Like you can't put it down. I read ahead. I've never read ahead in this book club before. I totally read ahead. So The Woman in the Window, I really recommend it. And now the fifth book in the book club is Chelsea Handler's book, Life Will Be the Death of Me and You Too. You know, I have to tell you, I never thought that I would be reading a book by Chelsea Handler. Like... She wasn't someone who I like kept track of, really cared for. I didn't know much about her. I just was like, she was never in my thoughts. Um, I knew she'd written books, but I didn't really care about them. But I started seeing people posting about the book, and I decided to look into it. I, then she also had like some sort of documentary, and I was really interested in like this point of her life and this like transition period that she's going through. This, you know, she basically talks about how this election really woke her up. She had no idea that so many people in America believed in the things that they did and that this country was so divided. And I have to tell you, like, I am equally as shocked and was shocked during the election. There is nothing you could have told me that would have made me believe that Donald Trump was going to win when he did. Um, because you have to think, you know, I live in the West Coast. I live in Los Angeles. I live in California. We are very liberal here, the West Coast in general, um, so is the East Coast, you know, like New York. So I think that people that live maybe in Miami or maybe in L.A., maybe in New York, they don't really understand. I mean, maybe you guys do. I didn't. Um, I knew that there, was, there were parts of the country that were divided, but I didn't realize how I – didn't, I didn't realize how divided it really was And I, until this election. I guess I kind of lived in – my own little bubble where I just believed that we were in better times and um, the country was more progressive and um, we were all moving in towards like a liberal direction. I didn't realize so many people were so pissed off and wanted to make America what the fuck it was, whatever that means. Um, but I didn't get it either. And so like this book is really an honest reflection of her like, damn, I didn't know this is where we were. And it kind of changed her um, and changed her life and made her like reflect on who she is, what she takes seriously, what she wants to spend her time doing. Um, and in the in the meantime, you get to learn about her. Like I never really knew anything about her or cared to know. So now I'm open to, uh, now I've been privy to her life, right? Um, her childhood growing up. This book at this point, I'm only on page like 106 and I have now laughed and I have cried I mean I felt all of the emotions that I think a good book makes you feel and yeah I really would recommend it um we are also now in a book club of 10 people which is like crazy because it just started as me and Lena and then it went to me and Lena and um Lucia and there's three of us and now there's 10 of us so this is really really exciting and I hope that this book club grows. I didn't, you know, it's really holding people accountable to actually read. And that's the whole point why I even started it. So if you guys are interested in joining, I think I'm going to continue this till next year as well. DM me and you can join in on the next book. Or if you happen to have caught up, we're only on page 106. You're more than welcome to jump right into the book club. Another thing I have learned 
during my hiatus is um, I have been wearing the wrong size bra for years. Apparently, I am a 32C, but I have been wearing a 32B, 34B sometimes, never a C. So I walk into a Toy Secret and I'm like, I need a new strapless bra. So the girl's like, do you know what bra size you are? I'm like, yeah, I think I'm like 30, I think I'm a B, like 32. She's like, mm, you're, she looks at my, she's like, you're not a B. I'm like, no, I'm absolutely a fucking B. Like, there's nothing you can tell me. Like, I know I'm a B. She's like, no, I think you're a C. I'm like, this bitch is like, hi. So I was like, okay. She's like, I'm going to measure you. I'm like, sure. She measured me. She's like, yeah, you're definitely a C. I'm like, okay. So she picks out some C's for me to try on. And then I was like, can you, can you just give me a couple of B's? Then I go in the dressing room, and there's another girl in there. She's like, okay, ready to try your stuff on? I was like, can you just measure me really quickly? I want to make sure I have the right size. She measured me. She's like, yeah, you're 32C. I was like, really? That girl just told me that? And I thought she was like, hi. And I couldn't believe it. And I try on this bra, and I'm like, oh, this is what a bra is supposed to feel like. <laughs> I was pretty much pouring out of my B bra. Like, it was like pushing my cups in and like, not like up, but like, in, and they were like tipping. Oh, anyway, wrong fucking size bra. So now all I have are 32 Bs and like two Cs. So a bitch needs some new bras. And I thought that was interesting because this whole time I thought I was like in the itty titty bitty committee. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah titty bitty itty committee. Itty titty bitty committee. That's what I thought I was. But I don't think Cs belong there. So I have moved up in life. I am a C. And apparently I've been a C for quite some time. I thought that was interesting. Still going to Orange Theory. I actually uh, am starting Hell Week this week. So that's going to be rough um, because I have been also eating recklessly. Let's talk about food. I've been thinking about this for a while. Hot Cheetos. Are we going to be eating Hot Cheetos when we're 60 years old? Like if you think about it, do you see any grown ass adults eating Hot Cheetos? I have never seen it in my life. But I think our generation are, is going to be those adults. Like, we can't fucking put those chips down. Everyone I know is, like, addicted to hot Cheetos. Every time I see a bag, it doesn't matter if I'm hungry, if I'm my stomach hurts. It doesn't matter what. I pick up the fucking bag of hot Cheetos and I eat it. It's just, like, the principle of it. Like, you don't skip on a bag of hot Cheetos. So that makes me wonder, like, am I going to be a fucking grandma with red powdered fingers eating hot Cheetos? Like, yeah, I think so. Um, I've also been eating avocados nonstop. So I'm going to get to this later, but I moved, right? And, um, I'm now forced to cook for myself. So, uh, a big part of my cooking is cutting an avocado and I have been eating avocados nonstop. I eat an avocado a day. I used to eat a lot of avocados and now it's like more, it's like one to two a day. And I'm just wondering like, what would I be or what would I eat if avocados weren't around? Like, that's a big part of my nutrition and my diet and fucking avocados. And like where, where, what do people eat that don't like avocados? It is the easiest, most filling thing to eat. And that I definitely can't put down. Another thing I've been eating is Taco Bell. So I can't remember where we left off in my podcast and about my food habits. I think the last thing we were really talking about is like me and, and Lena's obsession with like burgers, like mine, veggie, her some like disgusting version of a lettuce wrap um, with real meat. So I don't remember where we left off with that, but I have been eating Taco Bell like a sick person. I still don't eat meat. I'm, by the way, two-year pescatarian. I'm going to get into that. But I eat it with beans. That's it. I substitute the meat for beans. And it's, you know, it makes your stomach hurt a little, you know, it could get gassy. Okay, okay Lena, and cheese and, and tortilla, tortilla. Um, yeah, it's not great for you. But, you know, it's a good binge eating meal. Um, if you're looking for a fast food option, if you don't eat meat, you just substitute the beans real quick and it's super tasty. I mean, I love a crunch wrap. I might eat one after this. Yeah? Okay, Lena agreed. <laughs> By the way, Lena's still here. Can't get rid of the bitch. Season three. <laughs> She's still here. Um, okay, back to pescatarian. I am now celebrating my two-year pescatarian anniversary. It is this month in October that I decided two years ago I was going to stop eating meat like cold turkey. <laughs> cold turkey, no pun intended. Um, just stop eating meat, and I stopped, and I have not looked back 
ever since I'm terrified to accidentally, accidentally, I'm terrified to accidentally eat meat. I feel like I'm going to get sick, start vomiting, my stomach's going to start hurting, I'm going to come out of both ends. Terrified. So every time someone offers me something, I was like, sure doesn't have meat in it, sure doesn't have meat in it. Um, people DM'd me when I posted my two-year anniversary, like, how are you doing this? I've been trying to do this for a while. Like, I can't do it. I can't give up meat. But, like, you can't. Maybe it, it was easier for me because I never was a heavy meat eater. I didn't really eat red meat like that. Like, I had an In-N-Out burger maybe once a month or so. Um, I didn't really like steak. It used to sit in my stomach. It didn't break down well. And I only ate chicken if it had the shit fried out of it. I mean, I'm talking about, like, fried-ass chicken. I did not like grilled chicken. It was, like, chewy. Like, is this cooked? I don't know. Did you put a thermometer in it? Like, what is this chicken? I just didn't eat meat like that. I had turkey. That's about it. So when I decided to only eat seafood and fish, it was pretty easy for me. Now, mercury poisoning is a fucking thing. So I do have to tell you, don't, like, completely substitute not eating meat with, like, two fish or seafood meals a day. Like, you might get mercury poisoning. You don't want that shit. So I eat basically a vegetarian diet, um, except for eggs and cheese. Like I do eat eggs and cheese. It's really hard for me to get rid of cheese. It's protein for me. And so that's a, I need protein. Um, but, and I eat eggs. That's also hard for me to stop eating because that's protein and it's just an easy thing to to eat or to make if you don't want to eat fish. Um, but I don't eat it a lot. I probably eat it once or twice a week. So yeah, basically vegetarian. If you're trying to be a pescatarian, I would say you're going to lean towards more of a pescatarian slash vegetarian diet. So a lot of beans, a lot of greens, eggplant, I mean, whatever, anything that is like leafy and green and carby I, I'm like a fucking carbivore like I can't stop eating bread because I'm starving I work out and I'm not gonna eat fish like in the morning or like in the, you know usually at lunch so I'm like what the fuck am I gonna eat so I'm eating a lot of bread and like grains and shit whatever not the greatest diet I'm gonna figure it out in 2020 I promise you like I haven't <laughs> I haven't figured that out yet I figured out how to read but I haven't figured out how to eat <laughs> but that is my suggestion if you're trying to introduce the pescatarian diet into your life you have to be prepared for eating a lot of vegetarian foods okay before i end my bts segment i do want to say thank you all who voted on my instagram for my backdrop color i can't remember what the second option was but cran apple cream is the one that I went with. It's not the one that you guys voted for, but I think you guys were wrong because it was like a little too pastel, a little too like baby pink, which is not really my vibe. So this is Cran Apple Cream. Okay, if you're listening on the podcast app, just like go to my YouTube, look at this backdrop. It's so cool. Alina and I installed this shit ourselves. We purchased these panels on Amazon. We had them painted. We went to Home Depot. We bought the fucking gallon of paint of Cran Apple Cream. Then we had these spray painted. And then we uh, installed it with some really uh, strange tape that Lena found addicting. The smell, she couldn't stop sniffing. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning. She's like, I really like the smell. Like getting high off of like white out, like one of those nights. So, um... We did this ourselves. I think the backdrop looks great. I think we did a really good job. We were really getting sick of the flat gray. Um, well, I was okay with it. Lena was really getting sick of it. So whatever, I let her have this one. But we are loving this like geo pattern on the backdrop. And we love this color. And I hope you guys like it. Because I know you guys voted for the pastel Nicki Minaj pink lipstick shit. But wasn't the vibe. We went a different direction. We love it. So whatever. Anyway, thank you for voting. All right, guys, let's get into the talk-worthy segment. So there's been so much going on in the past two months since my you know last episode that I didn't really know where to start or where to end. And usually, if you're new here, I recap the past week's news. Um, but I thought that since I've been gone for like two months, I'll just kind of touch on a few things that were going on during my absence. Uh, a lot of craziness, so I'm not going to really talk about these, but Gigi Hadid was dating a bachelor, okay, Haley and Justin got married, and they basically, like, said fuck you to the paparazzi, literally made her walk down that aisle with a tent, which was great, um, Ronnie from Jersey Shore is arrested for kidnapping, I believe, his own child, so that's confusing, and what the fuck is going on in China, moving on, friends, 25-year anniversary, so 
If you are a starring Milana frequent listener, then you know that we are obsessed with Friends here. 25 year anniversary since the first episode came out. It's it. They were just celebrating it, and in celebration, Jennifer Aniston created an Instagram account that you know got her over 10 million followers, and I think in just like 24 hours, um, people have been wanting her to get an Instagram for a long time. It might not seem like a big deal for a lot of you guys, but now we can tag Jennifer Aniston in all of our friends memes and jokes um and it was so cute because her first post was all six of them i got think they got together to celebrate the anniversary uh what else happened they revealed the new super bowl headliners as j-lo and shakira i don't have much to say about that except i'm excited i really want to see what they bring to the table um you know i know there's a lot of conflict because People have turned down the opportunity to perform at the Super Bowl because they wanted to stand with Colin Kaepernick. I don't know if, you know, that hype is, like, dying down a little bit or what, but J-Lo and Shakira agreed to it. Um, so we'll see what they do if they have some sort of message um, in their performance. But I'm excited, and I want to know who they're going to bring on as a feature because usually the headliners bring on someone so we'll see maybe it's an artist from miami this is like sad news elijah cummings passed away last week at age 68 um you know he's an advocate he was a fighter not only for the people of maryland but this country he fought so hard for democracy um and he'll definitely be missed so that was very unfortunate news okay on to some happier news so i love dave chappelle and he during my hiatus, this isn't new news for you guys, but he released his special. Um, I fucking love a Dave Chappelle special. I think that he is one of the most obviously talented comedians. He's just so like nonchalant. He, um, you know, the thing with comedians is you have to think like, it seems like it's, they want you to think that it's like stand up and it's on the spot, but we know that it's not. We know that these jokes are written. We know that they rehearse. We know that they've said it multiple times in different cities. So I think that Dave Chappelle's delivery is just very natural. Um, it just seems like he's having a conversation with you, but like making you laugh your ass off. So I love Dave Chappelle. Um, a lot of people thought that some of his jokes with the Me Too and there was a few suicide comments there. People thought it wasn't funny. I think that, um, you know, these aren't malicious or ill-intended jokes. And you have to find things, uh, you know, you have to find humor in things. Otherwise, we'll like consistently live in a world of despair. I feel like, you know, we talk about this all the time. Like we're living in like such a sensitive culture. But we need to have a place where we can just laugh, laugh at ourselves. The majority of the feedback for Dave Chappelle's show was great, but some people were really offended. And I think if you're, you know, offended, obviously you might have a personal connection to something that he said, but I think comedy needs to be, um, left off limits. It is definitely an industry where if we lose that, part of it where comedians can no longer joke about things that are going on in the media and in society and in you know the culture then what do we have really you know I think that we have to leave comedy alone like it's not it's not where we need to pick and choose our battles I think that is an industry that um is has established itself and just kind of being more feel good so I hope that you know comedians continue to create great content for us um to have a little bit light in you know life where it's been pretty tough lately um and on another note I just want to say like imagine being Dave Chappelle he does not give a fuck about what anyone has to say about him like imagine living in that space all the time that is the space that I want to be in again he doesn't come back from a bad place but he just doesn't care what anyone has to say about him he says whatever he wants to say with no fear he's just kind of like fearless um so I really respect him and can't wait for another special hopefully soon now, the next thing. So we talked about this, I think, briefly in my podcast. I can't remember if I got in depth with this. But um, this whole thing with Cuba Gooding Jr., yeah, it's getting worse. So last week when, remember, he was arrested for sexual misconduct. Last week, I think, like, 14 more people came out about him inappropriately touching them. 
um, something of, along the lines of him sticking his finger up their butts, uh, their his hand into their like blouse and touching their bare breasts, um, just like kissing somebody without like their permission, just like shoving his tongue down their throat. Like fourteen new stories have come out, and um, I have to say, like. I've witnessed his behavior personally. I was in a club in Paris with my friends and he was there and he was drunk and he picked up one of my friends and he lifted her up by, you know, her ass and he was holding her ass and he was bouncing her up and down like a child and he was throwing ice cubes at her ass. Like, and it definitely happened and he definitely has a touching problem. Like he touches people and what I noticed is the conversation of like, you know, during this Me Too movement, all of this is coming out, which is like good. Like nobody should feel like violated. I feel like when you touch somebody without their permission, like you're violating their space. Um, but I think his situation is a little bit different than what we have seen so far with the Me Too movement where he is under the influence in all of his cases. Every one of those cases that were reported happened in a bar or a club and not outside of a bar or a club, all of them. And like I said, I saw him do this and he was intoxicated. So, you know, this is a man who I don't know if this is how he behaves in his day-to-day life or if he does not know how to, you know, maybe handle his liquor and it comes out while he's drunk. I don't want to make any allegations. It's just something that I've observed. And um, I'm not making excuses for him, but I'm trying to figure out if, if it does only happen during moments of, like, intoxication, if this is something that he can truly get help from. Like, if he does becomes completely sober and doesn't drink like is this inappropriate touching the sexual misconduct will this stop right does it only happen when he's under the influence and I'm not saying that that should um change any verdict it's just something to think about that because he is intoxicated he might be doing these things I don't know it's just an observation then you try to think like about all of the other things we heard like is it comparable look at Harvey Weinstein he is a sexual predator in a sense um he uses intimidation he you know uses power plays like if you don't sleep with me you'll never work in this industry again right you have that kind of man and then you have R. Kelly who's essentially brainwashing young underage girls and like I don't know they're calling it a cult I don't know what it is and he has that going on and then you have someone like comedian Louis C.K. who never touched anybody physically, didn't threaten anyone, didn't say, if you don't do this with me, then, you know, you're not going to get ahead. He just started whipping his dick out, like unsolicited, whipping out his penis, jacking off in front of people in his hotel room and like didn't touch anyone, just like stood there and just like jacked off. I mean, imagine you went upstairs to a hotel room with Louis C.K., you went to the bathroom, he came out, he was just jacking off by himself. And this is something that he's done multiple times. But, you know, look, I don't want dicks whipped out in front of me and people jacking off. Like, that's also a form of, like, violation. But, you know, we, we, we got to make sure we separate some of these cases and figure out, like, when we're canceling all of them, is it all the same crime or are are there people who legitimately could get a little bit of help um, and maybe, maybe they won't do it again? I don't know. Like, can these things be helped, right? I'm not saying that, you know, there shouldn't be some sort of consequence. I do definitely 100% believe that like if you're putting your hand into someone's brows and touching their breasts without them like allowing you to or whipping your dick out in front of people, like yes, there should be some sort of consequence. But um, aside from that, like this is something that will continue to happen in these industries or men of power or just any fucking regular schmuck walking down the street, right? So I think like having these conversations about the scales that people are doing this at, right? Whether it's like it is a sex predator, uh, whether it is uh, someone who is using intimidation and their power or it's just somebody who might, I don't know, I don't want to put this on them, but might have some sort of issue. I don't know if it's like a mental, I don't, I don't know, but maybe needs to dig deeper and figure out why they're doing these types of things. Like a woman walking into the room and them just jacking off in front of her or um, 
feeling like it's okay for them to inappropriately touch women at a club like what gives you the right to do that right where did you get that from is it you is it the is it the substance I don't know but trying to figure out like how to treat a situation like this versus just completely condemning um a, a whole group of people because there are levels to what they've done and we're kind of kind of just putting them all into one uh, category. And I don't know if, if that's the right thing to do um, or the way to go about it. I definitely think that there's a different way to handle each case. So the next thing that happened recently is Felicity Huffman is going to jail. While I was on my hiatus, she did plead guilty and she had to pay a $30,000 fine she has to do community service and now she has to go to jail for I think two or three weeks. Um, look, I really struggle with this again. I do feel like there should be consequences. Um, I don't, you know, if it's just money and they just pay money and they just pay a fine, like, does that really teach them anything if they have so much money? Like, does that even put a dent, um, in their, in their funds. Like, no. So yes, I get the, the jail side of it. Like, yes, there should be some sort of consequences. Um, and then you think about the serious crimes that people have committed, right? You think about people that murder, you think about like all the cops that fucking kill these kids, right? And that are walking down the street just fine. You think about those rape, um, kidnapping, you think about these kinds of crimes and people that get away with that shit, or maybe people that go and serve jail for, you know, no time, a couple months and they get out on parole and you're trying to compare, like, where where, where does this stand with this, right? There's also people who, and people of color, who have forged the address on their bills just so that their kids can go to a school in a better area. I know a lot of people that did this while we were in high school. So the fact that there's people serving five years in jail just so that their kids can get a better education, they didn't even bribe anybody. They didn't even pay money for the kids to get better SAT scores. They didn't pay a coach to get into a university. They just forged an address. It's still a crime. I get it. Like a crime is a crime, but like five years in prison. So I just, I think that our justice system, what I'm, what I've gathered from this whole Felicity Huffman, this whole Lori Laughlin thing, like, yes, there should be consequences. Sure. They should serve some sort of time. Um, the intention was obviously not to take away you know, a, a, an enrollment position for another student. The intention was always, and I think for most parents, is probably to get their kids into great schools. Obviously, they should have been able to do it on their own. That was their intention. If you look at what they really were trying to do, it wasn't trying to harm anybody. Their intention was to get their kids into better schools, obviously at, at the expense of someone who could have gotten in, right? But at the end of the day, what, you know, what troubles me is like, when we look at all of these these people that are in jail, people who maybe had a little too much weed on them that day and got arrested and have now been in prison for, I don't know, fucking 20 years. And then you have someone who forged an address and she's in prison for five years. And then you have Felicity Huffman who paid whatever her kids to get better scores on the SAT. She's serving two weeks. When you look at who's in jail and for how long and you look at all those lists of crimes, it really does trouble me is the justice system. Like, I think something that we should be looking at when we are prosecuting people is intention. I think that, you know, yes, we talk about intent, the intent to kill. Like, that's something that we hear all the time in court. But who is really judging the intention um, of these people who are committing these crimes? And I put it in quotes because some of this shit is a fucking joke. Like, someone smoking weed is still in jail till this day from, I don't know, 1999 like what is this right so I think that our justice system needs to really focus on intention and then consequences um and that's where I'm at with that I really am nervous and kind of like interested to see what happens with Lori Laughlin because unlike Felicity Huffman who pleaded guilty and got a lighter sentence Lori Laughlin to get a lighter sentence Lori Laughlin pleaded not guilty so what that means is her fate kind of lies in the courts and in the jury and listen OJ got off right like OJ got off so who knows Lori Laughlin might walk out clean it really just depends on the jury and how good the attorneys are on both sides so I'm really interested to see what happens with her case she has she spent way more money her crime is a little more serious than um Felicity Huffman so 
yeah, it's going to be a bigger deal when she has to go to trial. And it's going to be open to the public, so we're going to see this trial. Next thing I want to get into is this fucking jewel epidemic. Um, first of all, what the fuck? People are dying. Kids are in the hospital. There's five cases have been reported of people dying. There's hundreds of kids in the in, in the hospital. I have a friend whose cousin was hospitalized because they were smoking their jewels so much. They were on a, a ventilator. Like, it's getting really, really bad. Um, I didn't really know what a jewel was. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's an e-cigarette. Like, I knew that. But I was like, Wait, let me really, like, get into this, this, this jewel shit. It's an e-cigarette which packages nicotine salts from tobacco leaf into one-time-use cartridges um cartridges Ooh, english is still my third language there are at least six groups of potentially toxic compounds in these jewels that you people are putting into your mouth okay this is another thing i learned because i was really going into the research of like huh how much nicotine do they put in these things right this is so crazy in every country there's a different limit of how much nicotine you can uh, sell to somebody. So in Israel, it is a 1.7% max. That is the maximum that something can contain nicotine. In America, it's 5%. That is five times the amount of nicotine that we can sell in America that people are consuming versus a country like Israel. That to me is insane. So basically smoking one jewel pod, like 200 puffs, is equivalent to one to two packs of cigarettes. That's insane. I see people taking a shot, taking puffs of Juul. I don't, like, countless amounts of puffs. By the time you add up how much you've puffed, you've probably smoked two packs of cigarette in one weekend. Like, you really have to research what you're putting into your body. Um, there are two sides to this. Some people are saying, don't do it at all, like, stop smoking Juuls. And other people are saying it's bringing down the number of actual cigarette smokers. And... I thought about this and like, here's my take on this. If you want to bring down the use of cigarette smokers, like, sure, I get it. This is a good alternative, but like the amount of nicotine is just the same. Maybe even more. I feel like it's easier to get away with smoking a jewel than it is cigarettes. If it's cold outside, you don't have to go outside. You could probably get away with smoking it indoors because like no one can really smell it. It's flavored. Um, and you don't have to go out and buy a pack of cigarettes. You can just recharge your jewel pod. That shit is crazy. It is definitely easier to puff more jewel than it is to smoke one to two pack of cigarettes. So really like, yeah, it it has been bringing down the cigarette, the amount of cigarettes sold, but like at whose expense? Right now we have kids using these jewels because it's cool, because they can get it. You can probably order it online. I mean, there's some restrictions, but now kids are smoking jewels. Um... The CEO did say that their whole goal is to convert former smokers, and he does say if you've never used nicotine products before, they don't want you to start. So that is the message that they're putting out there, but I feel like that's something just to save face when there's a whole epidemic of kids who are having now breathing problems and who are on ventilators. Um, but there is a bright tide to everything, right? So I, did, I guess something good did come out of it. Um, 18 states have passed a law since last September, including California. They raised the um, age of when you can purchase nicotine products to 21. So it's no longer 18. And I think that's a big deal. If I can take a fucking shot until I'm 21, why can I put this shit into my body and like kill my lungs? So something good did come out of it. Um, the last thing I'm going to say is like, if you have to charge it, like you sh probably shouldn't be putting it in your mouth. Like you're putting like a piece of battery that you just charge, like a USB in your mouth. Like the whole concept to me is strange. Like I don't even like to microwave my food, right? So it's like, why are we putting this in your mouth? And also, it's only been around for a couple of years. Like we don't know the long-term effects of this. We know what smoking does. Like and smoking, like cigarettes have nicotine in it. We don't know what the long-term effects of e-cigarettes are especially with all the flavors and the whatever it is we don't know so like why would you want to be a test dummy right so i'm going to end the talk worthy segment with skims so when my show ended abruptly we were talking about uh kim kardashian's whole scandal with naming her shaper line kimono and like first of all really bad name i mean like Regardless of, you know, the backlash, aside from the problem, like it was, you know, whatever. But the fact that 
it was just called kimono. It just like wasn't hot. Like who came up with that? Anyway, they came back better than ever. I think Skims is like so cute. Like it still has Kim in it, like Skims, like skin. Like I love it personally. I think it's a great name. Um, the marketing has been great for it. I have not yet tried anything because it's fucking sold out in any shade of color that I would wear and the extra smalls, whatever. So everything's sold out. I haven't tried it. But I do want to say that I love the idea of shapewear and Spanx. I have been wearing Spanx for years. Like people roll their eyes when they find out that I wear Spanx because like I'm a tiny person. But like, no, I think that anyone could and should wear Spanx. Like they, they hug you in the right places and you know, they give you a little bit of a lift. And sometimes I'm out and I'm wearing a tight dress because I wear a lot of tight dresses and I want to drink and then I get bloated. Sometimes on my period, I'm bloated as fuck. Sometimes I eat too much. A lot of times I eat too much and, you know, you just need to be tucked in a little bit. So I've been wearing the same Spanx from like Kohl's or something and I got like two or three pairs, but now I really am excited to try like Kim's shapewear because I think that it's just, I don't know, it's like revolutionized, right? It's not like the old, like the old Spanx where like you could still see a seam or like it's too long. Like it, ha there's something for everyone if you're trying to get your stomach in, if you're trying to get your butt lift and it's marketed really well for like the millennials. So I'm really excited to try Skims and um, I like the direction that she's going in with her products. I think like everything is very much her. Perfume, the makeup, the shapewear, body makeup, right, for her psoriasis. So I think she's honestly creating products that she personally uses and she personally needs. And I think that says something about people when, you know, they're not just creating something that, like, they can sell and make money off of because everyone's doing it or the industry is hot or whatever. She's legitimately creating businesses and products that she uses, has been using forever, um, and now wants to share with everyone. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what's next. All right, guys, now we are in the final segment of the Starring Milana podcast called Dropping Gems. So I decided that I was in a space where I really wanted to focus on you know, my moving process and I wanted this topic to be like what I was going through emotionally, mentally. Um, so first I'm going to talk about me moving. Like, yes, I moved. Um, I don't know if I talked about this before, but I was living at my parents' house and, um, we were filming in the garage and it was getting really raggedy. I mean, it was hot as fuck down there because it's summertime. There's no AC. We couldn't leave the garage door open because like A, mosquitoes, B, I mean, people walking by and just like fucking everything everything was wrong everything was wrong okay um anyway so that's not why I moved it wasn't like oh I need another space to build my podcast it was one of the reasons but basically I have been living with my parents since I graduated from college I moved back home when my college roommate decided when we graduated, she wanted to move back to San Diego and I was like well there's no one else I want to live with I don't want to live by myself so let me move home and I'll figure it out later. I moved back home and life just took over as it does. Um, my sister was going through some things. Then my you know, dad got sick. My grandma. It was just like thing after thing. And it was getting kind of impossible to find the right time for me to leave. And I realized there just isn't a right time. Um, so I stayed for a while. I was very comfortable. I'm very blessed to have parents who wanted me there and like still want me there like they would love for me to move back um they don't charge me right right so it's like I was able to save I was able to pay off a lot of debt so I'm very blessed I know that everyone isn't fortunate to have that so I'm very honored that my parents let me live there as long as I did now I was ready to go okay um I think that I felt if I am going to grow as a person this was the next step that I needed to take um, it was something that I wrote down on my goals list when I started the year and it happened, but it didn't happen the way that I thought it was going to happen. Um, I knew that I wanted to move. I didn't know where, how, what. I do have a boyfriend and I didn't want to live with him until I was engaged. In my culture, I'm Armenian, um, people don't move in together until they're married. I was like, okay, I'm not going to wait until I'm married, but I'll wait until I'm at least engaged. And that was like a standard that I set for myself. And, um, you know, I wasn't really willing to break that. Um, it wasn't something that I wanted to sacrifice. Like I was really adamant about being engaged before moving in together. But 
we're just not in a place where we're going to get engaged yet. So um, when I decided that I needed to move, his lease happened to be ending. We've talked about living together for a while. And like, honestly, a bitch was getting tired of packing an overnight bag, okay? That shit is stressful as fuck. Because if you pack for a hot day and LA weather's so unpredictable and it happens to rain the next day, you're going to work in some flip-flops and you're fucked, okay? Tired of the overnight bag. So, you know, we decided to take the next step and move in together. Um, again, not how I thought I was going to to move in with somebody, but this is this is what it was, so I let it happen. Um, my parents were okay with it. They were happy about it. They were like, you're old enough. Just go. Get out of here. Figure out if you even like each other, right? My parents love him, so it was very supportive. I know people are probably wondering, like, what the fuck did your parents think? So when we decided to move... Well, let me talk about my apartment first, actually, because I love it. Um, I really focused on my search around my orange theory now there's a lot of orange theories in los angeles but i like mine and i like my coaches and i wanted to live somewhere where i can walk nearby i can walk to my orange theory and we were when we were looking for apartments we wanted like modern we wanted like a new building so we got that at a price i mean i have to tell you like you really get what you pay for and like it's kind of embarrassing like this apartment is like more than you know some people's mortgages so um, not really proud of that, but I, it is a comfortable space. This is exactly what we were looking for. We went to see a bunch of apartments. It's a two bedroom because we have my podcast equipment. We have his, you know, music equipment. It has a gym. It has a doggy park. It has a pool. It has a theater, a business center. I mean, it has everything that we wanted, natural lighting everywhere, walkable in in you know unit washer dryer I mean every single thing that you would want on a list it's big um space for a dining area I mean it has everything that we wanted um so you know when we when we found this place we had to move on it because it's a very popular building and this particular layout goes really fast when I was figuring out when when we were going to move out I decided that October was best for me and also for him because his lease was ending in like the end of September, no, like mid-September. So we decided like October is a good time. When we found this unit, because we started looking in July, when we found this unit, we were like, oh my God, like we have to get it. We asked them to hold it for us and they were like, no way, like we can't hold it. You have to move in by August 15th. Like that's when it starts. So, you know, I like being in control. I like to be prepared. I like to know exactly what's happening. And this really threw me for a loop. Um, at the same time, my hard drive crashed. And I had to abruptly end my podcast that for that season. And now I had to pick up and move all my shit. And I wasn't mentally prepared. I wasn't emotionally prepared. I um, wasn't financially prepared. You know, I wanted to take August and September to save up some more because it was a big, you know, it was a big jump. Yeah. So I wasn't prepared. Um, I prayed about it and I just kind of, you know, God spoke to me, just kind of like, let, like, honestly, let go and let God. I've preached this before. I say it all the time, like let go and let God, but I never really had to practice it in this way. Like just kind of like trusting God and really losing all control. And that's essentially what I did. Um, I just kind of like went for it. I went where the doors were opening. Um, things aren't going to happen in the way that you expect them to happen in the way that you want them to happen. And this is proof of it. I mean, I never wanted to live with anybody unless I was engaged. I needed that commitment, but you know, I was pushed into this direction and it was all like God pushing me and saying, you know what, there's some things that you have to sacrifice in order to there's some some wants or some needs that you think needs to be fulfilled, but that is not the way that I'm going to move in your life. So I had to sacrifice some things that I thought uh, were important to me for growth, right? So, you know, this this move is helping us in our relationship and grow to grow together to learn about each other. It's also helping me grow at, in my business. It's helping me grow in my work. Like I'm able to focus. I am not distracted. I have space to really produce the kind of content I want to produce. And I have to tell you, like, had I moved on my own time and in the way that I wanted to, to move, everything would have 
been different. Um, Lena and I are working on something great. I don't want to talk about it just yet, but it just happened last week. It spurred, you know, it just, it just like kind of happened while I, we were in my apartment and at this timing and we were able to, I can't really explain it, but had I been trying to move in October, I can guarantee you that those doors would not have opened for us in the way that they did. So, you know, I reflected on that a little bit last, last week and I thought, wow, like this is, everything happened the way it's supposed to. All I had to do was let go and let God and just let him guide me instead of trying to control my own destiny. Everything is kind of falling into place in a way that is beyond what I what I thought it would it would be um, at this point in my life. I did not think that this is where I would be in October, you know, if you would have asked me in February, March, April, whatever month. So um, I'm really trying to practice uh, letting go control of what I think is right or wrong. And the best way I can describe it to someone who's not necessarily maybe spiritual or religious is just go with the flow. Whatever is kind of happening and is whatever direction you feel pushed in and if it's flowing and if the energy feels right, you just got to go with it because um, that's probably the way that you're supposed to be headed anyway. Don't try to fight it. The resistance is what keeps you um, back. It doesn't, it doesn't help you progress. So don't try to fight the moment. Just accept what's happening and... Um, once you accept it, new things will come your way, better things. And yeah, so that's my, uh, those are my gems for the week. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for starting your week off with me. Um, I will be back next week, obviously, every Monday on the podcast apps, especially Apple. So make sure to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. And of course, my YouTube audience, thank you so much for watching. Leave your comments below. Let me know your thoughts on the new backdrop. I love it. Also, make sure to follow me on social media at Starring Milan on Instagram and Twitter. Mm mainly Instagram. Um, that's where you get day-to-day -day updates on my life and you get to vote on certain things like this backdrop, even though y'all lost. I'm so excited for season three. I feel like, you know, new space, new shit, new message, new everything. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week. Bye.